Come on in, sit back and relax. You're listening to episode 162 of the Wealth Tech Today podcast. I'm your host, Craig Eskowitz, founder of Ezra Group Consulting. This podcast features interviews, news, and analysis on the trends and best practices all around wealth management technology. Our topic for this month is Wealth Tech Integration Leaders, where we speak to tech vendors who received a 10 out of 10 for their Ezra Group Wealth Tech Integration Score, which is a perfect score, by the way, 10 out of 10. And we thought it'd be helpful to talk to them and you could hear more about their integration strategies, how they built their integrations, uh, and their future roadmaps all around integrations of their technology with other applications. And if you are the CEO, CTO, or CEO, or other executive at a fintech firm with a software product that you're selling to the wealth management industry, you should run, not walk, to our website, EzraGroupLLC.com, and click the button to schedule a discovery session. Our wealth tech research team can deliver a wide range of market insights for your firm, including competitive analysis, addressable and obtainable market estimates, sales targeting, and insights on buying decisions, and more. Every vendor needs this data to be successful, especially when entering new markets, and you can get on the right track by going to EzraGroupLLC.com. And before we continue, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. All right, now let's kick this thing off. I am super excited to introduce my next guest. It is Trent Muma, EVP of Product from Orion Advisor Tech. Trent, welcome to the program. Hey, Craig, super excited to be meeting with you today. So uh, thanks for inviting me. We are all super excited. Where are you calling in from, Trent? Uh, beautiful Omaha, Nebraska. So uh, September is a fantastic month here in Nebraska. Uh, high 70s, low humidity. Uh, I encourage all the listeners to make a trip out uh, to Nebraska <laughs> in September. Put it on your bucket list. Yeah, now is the time. It's like New Jersey. We, uh, we were just joking that we tell people in New Jersey, we get like two weeks of nice weather in the spring, then it's hot and muggy and, and crappy all summer. Then we get two weeks of nice weather in the fall, then it's, re, you know, it's sleet and, and freezing rain, and then it's winter, and then it, we, we barely fly out and start over again. But you guys have it way worse than we do. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I can relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, cool. So thanks for being here. Uh, we've been trying to get this going for, for months. I'm glad we could fit into your schedule. You guys are super busy. There's so much going on with Orion. Um, so can you please give us a 30-second elevated pitch for anybody who lives under a rock and doesn't know Orion Advisor Tech? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. The uh, you know, we're a well tech provider that's really focused on the advisor client journey, right? And so what that means is, you know, we've put together a, a fiduciary framework that we call prospect plan invest achieve. And what that's really focused on is helping advisors grow their business through prospecting to new clients communicating with those prospects, you know, helping them with their financial plans, their goals, translating those goals into, you know, uh, investment outcomes that align. And then ultimately the ongoing reporting back, the achieved side, if you will, of, you know, the advisor stating their value, you know, as part of that ongoing relationship and helping support that journey. Awesome. Thank you for that. And this episode is part of our um, our monthly uh, topic for this month is integration leaders. And uh, of course, everyone knows that Ezra Group launched our Wealth Tech Integration Score. And uh, Orion is one of the leaders in integrations, and you've always have been ever since um, I know we've been following integrations for a long, long time. Um, this is the first time we've had a score and ability to, to validate 
integrations in a public way. And Iran is one of the only, I think only nine vendors received the perfect score of 10 in our wealth tech integration score. And Orion was one of them. So that's why we have you on the program. We're talking integrations. Uh, so as I said, we, we've been following integrations in the wealth tech space for a long, long time. And Orion has always been um, one of the leaders. Can you talk about the history of integrations? Why did you guys decide to sort of get out of the, way ahead of the curve and build out some integrations so early in the process? Yeah, yeah. So if you look back on the on the history, right, it really started around you know, uh, transmitting data back and forth through like flat files, right? Which, you know, in many cases that was, you know, leading to delayed experiences where, you know, it might take a day or two before the data from one provider to another could, you know, be input into the system, you know? And so uh, around a decade ago, we uh, started really focusing on finding ways to integrate with other companies utilizing our API. And uh, as a start, it was, you know, the typical SSO, you know, the authentication piece and maybe some uh, iframe, you know, work that was in, which was at the, at the time it was cutting edge for our industry, right? Um, but a lot of that's been normalized, right? And, uh, you know, although the uh, open source API and the direct integration has been, uh, you know, a huge boom for our business, it's a big reason why we got a perfect score right with uh with with your matrix that you put together you know we are you know i believe on the next frontier of integrations and a lot of what we're uh what we're talking about with redshift and where that's going and more access to real-time data normalizing that data layer you know it's going to be a, a really exciting time over the next couple of years as we see just like we did around a decade ago another big movement in the industry Yeah, when you talk about iframes, can you explain to people who maybe aren't as old as we are what an iframe is? Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically think of it as like uh, taking, you know, a screen from one vendor of, of a particular component that they have, a feature that they have, and taking that iframe, if you will, that's that specific screen, and then plugging it in that experience into another vendor's technology to where, uh, you know, it, it, it looks like it's embedded. You're not having to go from one piece of technology to the other through a separate tab, doing a separate login. It's, you know, it's fairly seamless. And in a lot of cases uh, today, that's great, right? I mean, it works really well. And there's a lot of new ways to go about iframing now that even make it more seamless than what it was, you know, several years ago. Um, but folks are looking for it to be more contextual, right? And from a visual standpoint, the aesthetics of, of how the different technologies look, it's important that it's not what I call Frankenstein, right? Where it looks like, you know, just uh, uh, two different things got together and they, they, they don't have the right look and feel at all. But, you know, there's ways that you can normalize that as well, you know, through a product language, through, a, uh, through just the overall UI and UX, the aesthetics. Um, but yeah, to, to answer your question, it's it's one experience framed into another experience without having to log in or a separate tab or, you know, completes the circle, if you will. Exactly. And we used to call it a fake integration because, as you, as you mentioned, you, you're, it's not really integrated. It's just showing the other vendor's application inside a piece of your window. So it's not integrated. It's not the same UI, UX. You get completely different sets of menus and, and, and options and it doesn't look anything like it, but it, you just have access to it. In the same in the same window, 
Um, yeah, like a good example, and I tell my wife this all the time, uh, a great iframed integration that probably everybody uses is Apple CarPlay. Apple CarPlay is, for the most part, it's iframed into the majority of cars. And you still see like the main navigation menu of, you know, whoever built your car. But the uh, the experience of Apple CarPlay is different, right? But it is iframed in. So you talk to your wife about that all the time. What kind of conversations yeah. you guys have? Well, she uh, she's still trying to figure out what exactly we do. Right? <laughs> what, what is wealth tech? And, uh, you know, so I talked to her. I try to give her some examples that, you know, can help her to relate to uh, what the day in the life of is that somebody works at Orion. I can completely relate to that as a consultant. Yeah. My, I have three daughters. They're all brilliant, but none of them knew what I did for the longest time. Um yeah, so it took a while. Well, actually, I thought I'd be, I, uh, I made PowerPoint slides. That was what they thought I did, which is kind of true. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so I digress. So talking about history of integrations, um, at some point, so you guys had a lot of integrations, but those were more point to point, where you know, I want to integrate with Redtail. Okay, click here. How, here's the Redtail integration. Now I want to integrate with RiskWise. Here's the RiskWise integration. But then at what point did you open up your APIs and why? what drove you to do that? Yeah. I you know, the big thing around that was uh, to help scale, right? So, um, you know, we knew that we needed to allow the, you know, the firms that were using the Orion technology to have choices, right? Whether the, the best risk analytics platform, the best CRM, the best trading integration, you know, and obviously we obviously, we, uh, you know, hope that they always picked us for whatever we had built, but we also, you know, weren't oblivious and it was important to us that we support the, the best choice, right? Well, if the API is captive, if you will, or it's behind a you know closed box, then uh, it makes it really difficult to be able to bring in all those different providers. It makes it difficult to be able to support that at scale. And so uh, we opened up our API to um, you know folks that we wanted to invite within the Orion ecosphere and integrate with, and we supported those firms with. Uh, developer documentation with uh, access to our squads and our developers that were utilizing the, the API internally. It's the same API that the entire Orion ecosphere is powered by, right? So by giving these external firms access to our subject matter experts that use those APIs day in and day out, it helps, you know, speed up the development, helps speed up the integration. Um, you know, it, it also helps as they're putting together the use case for the experience that they're trying to create, having somebody that has already done that and be able to piece it together. And that's part of the part of the reason why we were able to, uh, you know, just have a huge breadth, if you will, of uh, uh, vendors that we integrated with into our tech stack. Yeah, and when you, that's something we look for when we're evaluating firms. So we do we do a lot of evaluations of fintech firms. Uh, we work with them. Uh, we also work with their clients. And one of the things when, when they're talking about their APIs, when we're evaluating integrations, is do they use the same APIs internally that they offer externally? Right? It's a big tell. If they don't, you know that the APIs really aren't very good. We call that eating your own dog food. Right? If you're building APIs, you better be using them internally. If you're just saying these are our external APIs only, well, they're probably not very good. You probably haven't tested them very well, and we're going to be the first ones to use them. So it's, it's uh, great you guys are doing that. What, what made you do that? You know, um, it's about scale, right? I mean, like going back to what I mentioned before. So, 
you know, if you have a separate set of APIs that you're utilizing with external vendors or your clients, uh, from what we've seen in the industry, in, in most cases, those external clients and vendors, they're, they're not able to get the data points or access to the data that they need, right? And part of that is because the development teams are trying to maintain two different sets of APIs, right? So uh, one is obviously going to be out in front of the other. Uh, updates are gonna would need to be made in both. You know, it it creates a lot of tech debt. It creates a, a lot of extra work. And so, you know, we uh, we've been committed to that strategy and making sure that you know everything we build, everybody has access to, and uh, making sure that we are able to support that in a manner in which uh, helps bring real value to not just external, you know, uh, technology providers integrating in, but a lot of our clients you know, integrate directly into our API as well, you know, pulling in data or, you know, whether they've built their own client portal, they've built their own advisor portal, uh, the list goes on and on, right? And so, uh, you know, when we release something new and we're touting that in our release notes of, hey, this new feature function, it's important to them that they have access to that in real time. Absolutely. I mean, you guys have come such a long way. I was looking at my notes. My first demo of your platform was in 2013, right? So, and it was a, a Salesforce, you know, overlay. And since then you've, you've completely, you know, separated from Salesforce, built out a, a complete end-to-end -end platform, made lots of acquisitions. Uh, and, and now you're the leader, one of the leaders in the industry. Um, so with all these integrations you've built, how many clients are using them at the moment? Um, it, I'd say it's close to uh, three quarters of our clients, right? So, if, you know, there's roughly 2,500 unique firms using the, the tech stack today, right? Um, you know, so the, the number is high. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looking at that, uh, CRM is the, the number one, mm -hmm. right? you know, specifically Redtail. Uh, Redtail is the number one integration that we have. It's also one of the oldest integrations that we have in the sense of a partner, which they're obviously part of the Orion brand now, but mm -hmm. a partner that we worked with, you know, over a decade ago uh, on mm -hmm. doing some of this stuff with. Um, but we also see, uh, you know, high adoption of the integrations around risk, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, the risk analytics like Riskalyze, that's a, another really popular one. That's a great integration. And then uh, after that, uh, and, and this is more behind the scenes, but a lot of the data providers like, you know, um, Morningstar as an mm -hmm. example, right? And the data they, that they provide that, you know, our advisors are able to put on their reports, you know, um, those are also extremely highly adopted. So interesting. I love this kind of stuff. Um, so just start trying to see what's what people are using, what the trends are. And so those are external uh, integrations, which are, are super helpful for a lot of uh, your clients. But let's talk about internal integrations. You guys have been on a bit of a buying spree, uh, but uh, a bunch of different companies recently to expand your capabilities in a lot of different areas. How are those internal integrations going and, and what are you learning from uh, from building those out? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a super exciting time here at Orion, right? So, uh, you know, obviously the, those companies that we've acquired and merged with, 
know, the first thing I, I want to note on that is just the talent, the folks that were a part of those organizations that are here today, they're all very bright, they're all very passionate. And the, uh, the blending of the cultures of the different companies has been really exciting and seeing that, you know, but uh, uh, we've been, you know, really focused on bringing all this together as part of our prospect plan invest achieve framework, you know, that I spoke about at the beginning here. And uh, there's been some quick wins, some quick things that we've been able to roll out uh, fairly uh, nearly right away after some of the acquisitions. So like as an example, uh, on the hidden lever side, we rolled out their proposal tool to folks that were using our uh, custom indexing solution or our model marketplace, right? We, uh, on the red tail side, we just recently uh, integrated in our portfolio view. So that's the screen in Orion that advisors use to slice and dice and analyze a specific client, you know, a household. And that is now uh, I framed into red tail. Right, it looks great. It's seamless. So within uh, Redtail, there's a contextual record that you can search for somebody within this CRM and pull them up in portfolio view and look at their their goals for planning. You can look at their risk statistics, the hidden levers. You can look at their uh, their performance, their gain loss, all of it within one screen. Right, which is uh, th those have been some nice quick wins that we've had. But you know, long term. There's a couple of big focus items. Uh, number one, and probably the most important from my perspective, is normalizing the data layer of all of these systems. And why that's important is, you know, like for instance, the uh, the hidden levers tool, uh, which we call Ryan Risk Intelligence now. Uh, you know, it has its own performance calculations that are separate than the portfolio accounting system, Orion's core performance uh, calculation tool and normalizing those data points and getting those together is important. You know, we have many different systems that have what a prospect is. So on the CRM side with Redtail or even in, uh, you know, Orion Risk Intelligence, it has a, a an entity of a prospect. Our planning tool has an entity of a prospect. And having just one prospect source that feeds everywhere is, is really important. And we feel if we can normalize the data layer and have the data layer of all the tools talking to one another, they're all in sync in real time, uh, then we, we have an opportunity to create a tremendous experience overall for our user base. And so to do that, we're, uh, we're in the process of uh, moving a lot of our different data sets from those different um, those different pieces of technology to Redshift, uh, streaming real-time updates with Kafka from Red uh, to Redshift, so that way all the data is there. And then, you know, having those different systems call the Redshift data in real time, so that way they're all in sync. And uh, uh, that that's something that's been underway for a while. We've um, made some great steps with that. And it's something that we're going to continue to execute on in 2023. Couple, just a couple other uh, things that I think are, are worth mentioning as well. So um, we, we have some really, really exciting uh, features that we're going to be promoting here in Q4 of this year and early in 2023 around uh, risk analytics and integrating in basis code, the compliance platform that we uh, purchased around a year ago. And a lot of folks don't get uh, excited when people talk about compliance, but you know, there's a lot of rules changes that are out there uh, right now. And when I go to 
go to conferences when I talk to our advisors, compliance is top of mind, you know, where they need help. And specifically what they need help with is more real-time analytics of their data around like share class selection of mutual funds, right? Uh, making sure that when new accounts are transferring in, uh, that they're looking at that and they're aware of what share class of mutual funds the client is in. And if they need to get them out of that, they're able to do that. The SEC's, uh, there's been a lot of fines this year for that specifically, mm-hmm. right? And we, uh, we're bringing to market a solution that helps bring that uh, into perspective in much more of a real-time manner uh, with a, an integration with the custodians that we're really excited about. That's excellent. Uh, so going back to something you mentioned, so hidden levers is now called Orion Risk Intelligence, right? So yep. uh, one thing a lot of people don't realize, of course, everyone knows hidden levers has stress testing. I think that's what they're best known for, their stress testing tools. But one thing people don't realize is that they also have a very popular proposal tool. In fact, I think a lot, of, I think 40 or 50% of hidden levers clients purchase them for the proposal tool. Which is which is really interesting. So it kind of flies under the radar. Um, are are you integrating that as well, or is that going to go away and only be able to use the Orion uh, portfolio tool? No, that's a great question. Um, I'm actually wondering if you work for Orion now, since you got you have those statistics. But uh, uh, well, they told us that we we when we uh, we when we were on a meeting was they told it was public information, right? But, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But you're right. Um, yeah. So the 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 proposal workflow. Uh, that is in, you know, hidden levers or Orion risk intelligence. Now it, it, it is highly adopted. Um, and it's set, it's separate than the stress testing piece, as you mentioned, you know, I kind of touched on it dur- during the previous question, but that's actually one of the things that we worked right away after the acquisition of hidden levers to integrate into the Orion tech stack. Mm-hmm. So actually today, uh, all of our, all of the, uh, the firms that are signed up to use, you know, Orion tech today have access to that proposal tool, um, you know, and they can utilize it through an integration with our model marketplace or, uh, our trading and rebalancing platform eclipse. Uh, and then they have the ability to, uh, upgrade from there if they would like to add on the stress testing or more of the risk analytics mm-hmm. portion of, of the platform, if they'd like. So how does that work uh, with Eclipse? How does that integration work? Yeah, so, um, you know, there's a really, really nice, simple workflow through the Hidden Leverage Proposal tool around, you know, hey, let, let's take the prospect and then, you know, they go through a risk tolerance questionnaire uh, to be able to define the risk. And then from there, where it, where it integrates in is from the model store, right? So whether they're the models that the advisor is manually maintaining or it's part of our model marketplace, models like BlackRock or the Brinker models, whatever, whatever it may be, uh, those are all accessible and are part of the uh, integration to where then the advisor can select one of those strategies, assign it to the client, and then you know, depending on their workflow, it might sleeve it out into a UMA that then goes into Eclipse to be able to be traded, or it could just be a single account strategy, right? Um, and then Eclipse takes care of the, the execution and the ongoing maintenance uh, of the trading rebalancing side of that process. That sounds great. I almost wish I was running an advisory firm so I could check it out or test it. Uh, we, can, so- we, can give you a, we can give you a demo, Craig. Awesome. I'd love to see that. 
so going back to something else you mentioned, red tail, I framing in the Orion portfolio view. So what other, is there any other things coming? So you talked about a lot of cool stuff that uh, red tail uh, clients can access if they're also Orion clients. Do you have anything else planned for that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, one thing I mentioned already as part of that, it, we are taking Redtail and having it integrate through the Redshift data store, if you will. So that's getting, you know, all the data elements from the CRM and the portfolio accounting system on the same page. That's that data normalization, you know, piece I talked about earlier, which will be really important from an experience standpoint. You know, we also, uh, on the Redtail side, they have a, uh, a really great document storage tool that they call imaging. And uh, that document storage tool, you know, is a big need for folks, especially when you think about on the Orion side with like our investor portal or our client portal, there's document storage there. Mm -hmm. There's document storage within our portfolio accounting solution, uh, you know, where like, for instance, custodial statements are stored, so on and so forth. And so one of the things that we're doing is we're going to normalize that and have, you know, one centralized uh, document storage tool that's Redtail Imaging that's available, you know, uh, for everybody to use. And then when the document's updated in one place, it's updated everywhere, right? And all the different entry points. And so that's uh, that's a big thing that we're we're excited about. The other thing that we uh, we're going to be doing here later is uh, we have a uh, a marketing campaign tool that we've called that we we launched a couple of years ago that we called Marketer. And uh, marketers seen a lot of success, but uh, one of the things that we're going to be doing is uh, a bit of an overhaul, a pretty uh, exciting enhancement path that we're going to bring to market in Q4. And that'll be something that'll be tightly integrated into Redtail, into the CRM, right? It makes sense to have that workflow, you know, tightly integrated there. And uh, we're really excited about what that's going to look like and the value that that's going to bring. You know, and of course, we, we don't want to fail, fail to mention the Redtail acquisition, which is huge and brings in thousands of clients and thousands of overlapping clients and thousands of non-overlapping non-overlap, clients where there's some sales opportunities. So the more you can integrate, the easier it is for Redtail clients to see the capabilities that they're missing in other Orion tools. For sure. For sure. And you mentioned normalizing data across all products. This is a huge um, undertaking I'm uh, something that's kind of never finishes, right? Uh, what other other advantages will there be? Will you be putting in? Um, will everything be merging all the data? Because I've always wondered why we have separate silos for everything. It's kind of because we've always done it that way. We've always had CRM data in the CRM database and financial planning data in the financial planning database, and so on. Why can't there just be one database? Is that your your goal? One database for everything. It is. So think of uh, think of all these different platforms we're talking about almost as like microservices, right? And uh, if you're to have a, a bit of a spider web, if you will, on the screen, you know, all these different platforms sit on the outside and in the middle of the spider web sits Redshift or, you know, it's basically a data lake. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically what we do is uh, we use an events trigger from the different platforms, from Hidden Levers, the Portfolio Accounting System, Orion Connect, uh, Redtail, Eclipse, Communities, all, all the different things that we have in our ecosphere. And uh, as events are made, those sync in real time up to Redshift to where it, it's a central repository of, uh, of everything, right? And then 
when those different platforms need data as uh, as clients are using them, as they're logging in, whether it's performance data, it's account data, you know, every, everything's talking on the same page. It all has the same data points, right? Uh, you know, we, we actually just wrapped up last week, Craig, uh, a conference out in Utah, our Fuse event. And that event, uh, primary focus was on this piece of of our data strategy you know our partnership with aws and redshift uh aws uh had about a dozen people at the conference it was small and we spent a lot of time talking with our top firms talking with you know custodial partners about how we can try to normalize this data and bring it all together and then, you know, allowing our clients to spin up their own redshift clusters, right, to where it has all this data that I just talked about, you know, that is from Orion, but also they're able to put in, you know, their financial data for maybe QuickBooks, right, into the same data set. And just the power of it all being there in real time and not stale, uh, you know, it, it's really uh, endless in the sense of the possibilities of what these firms can do with the data and the experience that we can provide within, you know, our, our subset of what we help them with. Yeah, I really like the Fuse conferences. I think I went to the one in Miami like five years ago. And, right, and that was a great example of how you guys are, are encouraging integrations or encouraging people to build stuff off your platform, on top of your platform, on top of your ecosystem and expand and extend it, which is really the wave of the future and the opposite of the way the industry used to be, which was very closed and, and secretive. Hey, we can, you can't see inside our technology, it's our proprietary information as opposed to, hey, take what you want, we're all in this together, we're all gonna, we're all gonna benefit if you can build more stuff off of our, uh, off of our platform. Right, yep, no, it's a great summary there. So, um, Wrapping things up, oh, we, uh, one more thing I want to talk about was unified managed accounts. Now, that's um, uh, always been a big topic in our industry. It's a very complicated um, a program, requires some very complicated portfolio management, portfolio accounting. Um, and you guys recently, uh, well, not recently anymore, but purchased Brinker, which was a big provider of UMAs. How did you do that integration uh, into your core platform from what Brinker was doing? Yeah, this is a great question. Uh, and, you know, probably what I spent most of uh, late 2020 all the way through midway 2021 doing uh, personally was working on that project. But you know, so around about seven years ago here at Orion, we launched what we call sleeves, right, which is um, we, in some cases they're called virtual accounts or sub accounts. But basically what it was is the architecture to take that single custodial account and split that uh, that single record up into you know multiple accounts on the Orion platform, even though it's only one at the custodian, and be able to manage the cash flows, you know, uh, contributions, distributions, single set rebalancing. Where hey, on just one of these uh, sleeves, we're just going to rebalance that one sleeve and not touch the others. You know, so again, we we rolled that out about seven years ago, and. Uh, you know, it, it had been highly adopted. There had been several of our clients that we had partnered with to help expand that out over the years. But there was a couple things that were that were missing um, from that piece of, of technology that we had. And part of what, you know, when the Brinker team came aboard, they really helped us with. Uh, first being was the ability to put, you know, an outside managed SMA in the UMA, right? And what the workflow is for that. And 
you know, so we uh, build out what we call an SMA portal where, you know, uh, our technology advisors today have access through our community's platform to different SMA providers that, you know, they can link to uh, into their UMAs. So maybe it's like a fixed income SMA as an example. And then from there, that SMA portal, it sends data out every day to those SMA providers. So that way they can uh, make the trades that they need. The, the trading solution within Orion Eclipse is smart enough to know that that piece of the UMA is being managed outside. It has the ability to be updated intraday from those outside managers. Uh, you know, and so that, that piece is, is, uh, was really big, right? The, the second part of it, you know, we have a lot of firms, you know, that utilize the technology today, but it takes a completely different skill set to maintain that day in and day out. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it, as you know, Craig, it's a lot different than managing, you know, one account by itself. Right. And part of what the, uh, Brinker team did is they helped bring, you know, that expertise, you know, to our, our, uh, our user base. And so we do offer an outsourced solution in which, you know, uh, our trade desk can help implement these UMAs for firms, right. And help with the construction of the portfolios, help with the ongoing management of cash and cash in and cash out and the actual trading and execution. You know, what we saw from a lot of folks is it's like, Hey, we, uh, we understand what this is. We know that a lot of the top firms in the industry are using it, but we don't know how to necessarily get started. And previously before Brinker, we had the tech to help them do that. Right. But, uh, now actually having a service that they can sign up for that helps take it off their hands and allows them to go focus on their relationships with their clients. Uh, it's been really beneficial. We have, just a step for you, Craig, we, we have close to 2 million accounts as part of the UMA platform today, you know, so uh, in seven years, there's, there's been a lot of accounts added to it. Those, are those 2 million UMA accounts with multiple sleeves, or are they some sort of it's, single sleeve UMA or something hybrid? It's counting all the sleeves. Yeah. So there's 2 million sleeves on the platform today. UMA sleeves. Yep. Uh, that's tremendous. The, the Do you know what the AUM is on that? I don't off the top of my head. Uh, but one of the things I can say is a lot of the top firms that we work with, uh, that this is what they do. Um, a lot of the top AUM firms, you know, or they have it as a subset of their business, right? Where maybe not everything is UMA. And uh so yeah, I, I I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it, it would be high. The AUM number would be very high. Yeah, we work with a lot of firms. I mean, we were one of the earliest um, consulting firms that supported UMA um, implementations and configuration of systems. So we've been working with UMA for uh, almost 15 years and seen the, prog the progression uh, over the years. And yeah, there, as you mentioned, there are some firms that have UMA as a sideline, as just one small program. Some broker dealers use UMA as a, a stepping stone for outside advisors that they bring on to their system. So they don't have to uh, liquidate their accounts. They can just move them into the UMA. Others have uh, embraced UMA as the core chassis for all their programs. And they have single sleeve UMAs where they'll put a mutual fund wrap into one sleeve. So the client doesn't know the difference they, that they're in a single sleeve UMA. They just see their mutual fund wrap. And then if they, at some point they, they move to a higher level of, of, of assets, they can then add more sleeves and add SMAs and things like that. So it, it saves a lot of repapering. But uh, yeah. UMA, 
you know, is, is, is improving. Do you see, uh, I've, clearly you guys see UMA as, a, as an imperative that you need to support and as a, as a part of the industry that's growing quickly. Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, appreciate touching on all those use cases. You're you're 100% spot on, right? And what you what you mentioned is really part of the beauty of the UMA and the technology behind it. You know, is, assuming it's implemented correctly, is the flexibility, you know, and the use cases that it's able to help solve for. And so, uh, it's been really exciting partnering with a lot of our firms on building that out over the years. Uh, there's been a lot of success stories and watching a lot of firms grow with it. And uh, we're, we're really pleased with what we worked on, you know, a year, two years ago as part of the Brinker acquisition, like what, like what we talked about and just uh, some different things that we're, we're talking about and speaking with other firms on what they need. And as the needs continue to expand or evolve and change and how we can continue to support that. Trent, we've run out of time. You've said it all. I really appreciate it. Can you tell people where they can find more information about Orion? Orion.com. Yeah, Orion.com. Also, we've got some great content out on LinkedIn as well, so you can follow us on there. Can't be easier than that, Orion.com. Trent, thank you so much for being here. Craig, I I appreciate the invite and the conversation. It's uh, It's been fantastic. Hey, it's Craig again. Here are my three takeaways from this episode. When it comes to integrations, one size shoe doesn't fit everyone. Great comment uh, from Trent. Yeah, it's not the same for everyone. Every integration isn't the same. Your integrations need to be contextual. You need to know uh, which ones work best for which type of product. Um, So it's important to analyze and review why you're building something and what you need to build. Number two, they're eating their own dog food. I know I've said this a million times in other podcasts, but uh, firms that build out APIs have to use them internally as well. If they're only building them for external use, they're just not going to be as functional. They're not going to be as well supported, well documented, or well, well, well tested, really. So the fact that Orion is using their own APIs internally, uh, super good for them. Number three, normalizing data across all their products. This is part of their partnership with Amazon and Redshift Kafka that they're working on. So they're, they're basically con- taking all of their acquisitions and moving all the data from all the products into one giant um, data lake or, or data system, database, data warehouse, uh, and normalizing it across all the products. Something else I also have mentioned many times in the past is why do we have so many data silos? The reason is we just always have, we've always had wealth, uh, rather wealth management data in the portfolio management platform. Um, financial planning data in the financial planning platform, serum data in the serum planning platform, and so on and so forth, risk data in the risk platform. And it looks like Orion is moving all of that into one location. You know, as, as I mentioned, one database to rule them all, the Lord of the Rings for uh, for databases. And it makes sense. Everything in the same place, you're going to normalize it. It's going to be easier to manage. Uh, you're gonna, it's going to be easier to, to analyze uh, information across different applications, uh, different, different data sets. Uh, and also easier to to scale the business. And that's it. That's what I got from this episode. You've made it to the end. Thanks for listening. Uh, Please go to our website, ezragroupllc.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and sign up for our newsletter. Once a month, you'll receive an email full of wealth management goodness, news, analysis, links. You will not be disappointed. Thanks again for listening, and talk to you all again next time. 